Introduction to the Story of Hiawatha. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Song of Hiawatha by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Introductory Note. The Song of Hiawatha is based on the legends and stories of many North American Indian tribes, but especially those of the Ojibwe Indians of northern Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. They were collected by Henry Rowe Schoolcraft, the renowned historian, pioneer explorer, and geologist. He was superintendent of Indian affairs for Michigan from 1836 to 1841. Schoolcraft married Jane Johnson, the woman of the sound which the stars make rushing through the sky. Jane was a daughter of John Johnson, an early Irish fur trader, and the woman of the green prairie who was a daughter of Waub Ojeg, the white fisher, who was chief of the Ojibwe tribe at La Pointe, Wisconsin. Jane and her mother are credited with having researched, authenticated, and compiled much of the material Schoolcraft included in his Algic Researches, 1839, and a revision published in 1856 as The Myth of Hiawatha. It was this latter revision that Longfellow used as the basis for the Song of Hiawatha. Longfellow began Hiawatha on June the 25th, 1854. He completed it on March the 29th, 1855, and it was published November the 10th, 1855. As soon as the poem was published, its popularity was assured. However, it also was severely criticised as a plagiary of the Finnish epic poem Kalevala. Longfellow made no secret of the fact that he used the metre of the Kalevala, but as for the legends, he openly gave credit to Schoolcraft in his notes to the poem. I would add a personal note here. My father's roots include Ojibwe Indians. His mother, Margaret Caroline Davenport, was a daughter of Susan de Caro Davenport, Ogi Emakwa, the chief woman, whose mother was a daughter of Chief Waubojig. Finally, my mother used to rock me to sleep, reading portions of Hiawatha to me, especially Wawa Tesi, Little Firefly, Little Flitting White Fire Insect, little dancing white fire creature light me with your little candle ere upon my bed i lay me ere in sleep i close my eyelids woodrow w morris the song of hiawatha introduction should you ask me whence these stories whence these legends and traditions with the odours of the forest with the dew and damp of meadows with the curling smoke of wigwams, with the rushing of great rivers, with their frequent repetitions and their wild reverberations as of thunder in the mountains. I should answer, I should tell you, from the forests and the prairies, from the great lakes of the Northland, from the land of the Ojibways, from the land of the Dakotas, from the mountains, moors and fenlands, where the heron, the Shushuga, feeds among the reeds and rushes. I repeat them as I heard them from the lips of Nawadaha, the musician, the sweet singer. Should you ask me where Nawadaha found these songs so wild and wayward, found these legends and traditions, I should answer, I should tell you, in the bird's nests of the forest, in the lodges of the beaver, in the hoofprint of the bison, in the eyrie of the eagle. All the wildfowl sang them to him, in the moorlands and the fenlands, in the melancholy marshes. Chetawake the plover sang them, Mang the loon, the wild goose, Wawa, 
the blue heron, the shushuga, and the grouse, the mushkadasa. If still further you should ask me, saying, Who was Nawadaha? Tell us of this Nawadaha. I should answer your inquiries straightway in such words as follow. In the vale of Tawasentha, in the green and silent valley, by the pleasant watercourses, dwelt the singer Nawadaha. Round about the Indian village spread the meadows and the cornfields, and beyond them stood the forest, stood the groves of singing pine-trees, green in summer, white in winter, ever sighing, ever singing. And the pleasant water-courses, you could trace them through the valley, by the rushing in the springtime, by the alders in the summer, by the white fog in the autumn, by the black line in the winter. And beside them dwelt the singer, in the vale of Tawasentha, in the green and silent valley. There he sang of Hiawatha, sang the song of Hiawatha, sang his wondrous birth and being, how he prayed and how he fasted, how he lived and toiled and suffered, that the tribes of men might prosper, that he might advance his people. Ye who love the haunts of nature, love the sunshine of the meadow, love the shadow of the forest, love the wind among the branches, and the rain-shower and the snowstorm, and the rushing of great rivers through their palisades of pine-trees, and the thunder in the mountains, whose innumerable echoes flap like eagles in their eyries. Listen to these wild traditions, to this song of Hiawatha. Ye who love a nation's legends, love the ballads of a people that, like voices from afar off, call to us to pause and listen, speak in tones so plain and childlike, scarcely can the ear distinguish whether they are sung or spoken. Listen to this Indian legend, to this song of Hiawatha. Ye whose hearts are fresh and simple, who have faith in God and nature, who believe that in all ages every human heart is human, that in even savage bosoms there are longings, yearnings, strivings for the good they comprehend not, that the feeble hands and helpless, groping blindly in the darkness, touch God's right hand in that darkness, and are lifted up and strengthened, listen to this simple story, to this song of Hiawatha. Ye who sometimes in your rambles through the green lanes of the country, where the tangled barberry bushes hang their tufts of crimson berries over stone walls grey with mosses, pause by some neglected graveyard for a while to muse and ponder on a half-effaced inscription, written with little skill of songcraft, homely phrases, but each letter full of hope and yet of heartbreak, full of all the tender pathos of the here and the hereafter. Stay! and read this rude inscription, read this song of Hiawatha. End of the Introduction